0: You've let me be your guide for over a hundred podcast episodes on how to be a safety consultant. Well, I've done it again. Now I have a video on demand service called Safety Consultant TV. This is the way you can learn the business of being a safety consultant on your own time, on any device, iPhone, iPad, Android TV, Android Roku, Fire TV, just whenever you need to, you could binge one of the playlists that I have available for you right now. OSHA compliance, starting your own business, safety consultant blueprint, mindfulness for success, finding a client, safety and health programs. But not only do you have those videos, but you will also have downloadable material that you can have to help you start your business right now. The resources you need, watch the video, download the resources and start your business today. Get on the computer, go in your browser, type in safetyconsultant.tv and choose a plan, monthly or annual. Put in code consultant and get 30 days free. This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. This is the show where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant. I am your host, Sheldon Primus, American Safety Consultant. we're actually gonna go over well I should say this week we're gonna go over something that I was thinking about I haven't done this before but I'm gonna give us five tips to up your regulation game <laughs> I kind of like the way that I, I had to put that in there up your regulation game most of the time um, when you hear something like you know upping your game the idea is is that you're you're doing good you understand certain amount of things but I'm here to help you where you're gonna take that uh, car that you have that might be a nice nice powered really strong moving vehicle and then you fine-tune it and make it into a race car so that's what I'm gonna do for you guys gonna help you with that I'm going to give you some principles, so in the principles, that means it should transcend uh, countries, because I know I do have uh, several countries who have expanded out and have joined me, and I really appreciate all of you that do join me from the different countries that you're in. I know you're having many, many different experiences as it relates to safety consulting, and um, I would really like to hear about your story. So what you can do, if you can, um, is to email me, sheldon at sheldonprimus.com. And really what I'm looking for is, you know, first, I'd love to know you. So just a nice little, you know, hey, and then also just tell me what kind of field you're in. What is it like as a safety consultant where you are? Uh, Help me get that understanding Uh, because I would incorporate that in the show as well, so that'd be awesome. Uh, i like to make sure that I'm more inclusive for everyone, uh, no matter where you are. That is my key. So, that's the idea. Today, we're actually going to be talking about something that I had thought of because of one of the classes I just recently did. And uh, you guys may know that I am an instructor for... Uh, the Alliance Safety Council with the Certified Occupational Safety Specialist. And then also I do uh, the Certificate of Occupational Safety Manager classes, both of those together. Last week, I actually did one for the COST program. And in this program, I have pretty much on average, you'll see a good 60% of the class who are familiar with some regulations They're familiar with some standards, and this one is specifically for OSHA where I'm teaching. However, they may not really know how to get proficient with it. Those that do, they end up going into positions where they're safety managers. And the reason why is because when there's any interaction with OSHA, they're probably the ones who are going to uh, interact with OSHA more than any of the other safety boots-on-the-ground officers. So they now need to have a more, like, larger grasp of what the regulations would be. So when I do get them in class, those people that do know a little bit more about regs, I help them kind of... Expand their understanding since I have to deal with OSHA so much and deal with regulations and EPA. uh, Even prior to OSHA, for those of you that don't know, I actually started out under like EPA regulations, if you will. And for the U.S., that's an environmental protection agency when I used to work in the wastewater field. So my regulator primarily was EPA for a while before I started consulting. So, therefore, I kind of get a good handle on regulation, especially if there's a mitigation between uh, client mitigation, and if me and my business partner Kevin have to represent them in front of a OSHA informal conference. And we gotta get our ducks in a row, right? Everybody's got to get your ducks in a row before you deal with the regulator. So this is going to help you up your game. No certain order, but they're all important. So I got these five little tips on. Uh, just kind of explain them for you a little first and foremost tip number one is know your definitions so within every standard you're gonna see that there, there needs to be certain uh, ground rules if you will they need to be certain things that are not up for Any kind of um, debate, they have to have some absolutes, and you're going to find that in the dictionary, and it's going to be the absolutes that you're going to get through the definitions, and it could be something as easy as definition, where it is construction versus general industry you think that one's easy (laughs) look up the definition because it is actually not that easy yeah so therefore uh you should really really know your definitions Uh, one of the places you're going to see definitions is in the standard of course but then sometimes there's fine print in the standard that may actually give more context to the subject if that's the case then that could be also considered, you know, more definition because you're getting some context to whatever that subject is. Know those things. And I'm going to add in there. So this is kind of like a like a sub under knowing your definitions. Also look for exceptions. So they are exceptions to rules. So if you're looking for a definition, you could also see if there's an exception to that rule. And therefore, that might actually help you in the long run, because someone may come to you with a case, want to have you take them on as a client, and you're listening to them telling you a situation, telling you a story, and you're like, hold on, you're saying that your activity was this, as you're telling me the definition that you're describing, you're actually thinking the wrong standard. You guys are actually doing this by definition and by activity. So now you are going to help your client even with a simple determination on definition. Step number two, I shouldn't say step. Let's say tip because these are just tips that I've come along the way that I was looking for. I was thinking, all right, I'm going to share these things. Number two, look for compliance letters and directives that is coming within the agency, your regulator, your regulator and generally what you're going to see is if it is a um, outward facing the regular regulation or regulatory body that has online uh, resources for you or you could physically go to a building and get some resources such as uh, inspection history or even rules of engagement for compliance officers And that's going to be where you see your compliance letters and compliance directives. They will go specifically into a, into a topic or into an industry or even into a substance. And as the regulator goes through the facility or goes through the actual activity for regulating, they have to follow these steps. So those compliance letters, those directives, are really going to help. Or if you understand them, then now you know the playbook. So for instance, let's say you're doing a um, uh, lockout tagout and you want to, which is, you know, control of hazardous energy. So go into your regulator's website, look for control of hazardous energy and then uh, look for the search results and if any of them say something that the the document is a referral to the actual compliance officer, some guidance, that's the document you need. In OSHA, they call it a compliance directive. You may have a different phrase or terminology for it in your country, but truly, it's the playbook, the rules of engagement for that compliance officer when they get on your facility. Number three for your tips is know the preambles. So what a preamble is, is uh, the path that any kind of regulation takes. So with OSHA, there is a certain uh, nuance to how things become a law, and that's all of U.S. government. One of the nuances is... uh, did I say is-is? <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. I get to turn around so easily. It's like some little phrase happens, and then I go, I'm like like a squirrel. <laughs> My mind goes down that little hole. And right now, it's just is-is. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. So, anyway, the, um, the idea would be that for when you are going to go through the, the hoops and everything else, the crossing the T's and dotting the I's that it takes for a law to become a law. There must be some time for open comment period, some time to evaluate technical data, some time to talk to stakeholders. All of that gets recorded. And as that's being recorded and changes go from a proposed standard to a final standard, the process in between, all the little changes and tweaks in the standard, gets housed somewhere. And that's called the preambles in the U.S. There may maybe a different term in your country. But when you do get these, you kind of get to see a PDF printout of past interactions regarding this law. So it truly shows you the heart and the intent of the rule and it helps you get to understand a rule better. So when you're talking to clients, when you're doing some activity, you're gonna be able to, to steer people right because you know the actual rules and the intent. Those are preambles. Number four is practical. It should be something that you do anyway, but let's go ahead and, and just say it. Know your regulator's website. It's as easy as that. Just get on the website from time to time. Start flipping through uh, their website. Get to know some of the things that are you're going to use for your clients or for your business. Then. While you're getting to the website, look for the regulatory side and you'll see things about the organization. You'll also see maybe even um, a chart of where everyone stands in the organization, the organizational chart, or you may actually get uh, some more information on specific regulations that you can only find on their website because most agencies aren't going to send you any information. So you're going to have to figure that out and the other thing that i would say on on knowing the website if you do have a really robust website for regulation chances are they're going to think of two things for regulation one would be the carrot and one would be the stick meaning punishment side or assistance side. So you may have some compliance assistance material that you could get on their website. So truly go to your regulator's website, kind of flip through that, look for any kind of assistance material. And then also you want to make sure that you get a good understanding of the preambles and everything else that's usually housed right there in the regulator's website. Last one out of my five it's going to be seek letters of interpretation so if you are not familiar with what letters interpretations are uh, that's an OSHA wording. your country may have a different wording but what the wording for OSHA means is this someone sees a standard they're not sure how to comply in a specific situation. So what they'll do is they'll write a letter, to OSHA, dear OSHA. <laughs> and then they'll really explain everything that's going on. And uh, in the most detail they could be is the best. And their good faith effort is they want to comply with the rules. They just don't understand it. So they ask OSHA, just give me your interpretation of my situation with this standard. So when OSHA writes back, That information actually stays with that, you know, that person will get their answer, but it gets housed in on the OSHA website as a letter of interpretation. If OSHA doesn't believe that interpretation anymore, they'll go ahead and they'll, you know, cross it out and they'll say archived. Archived. So, once it's archived, then don't follow that. But if it's a letter interpretation that is not archived, then that means OSHA still believes the way that that letter interpretation reads. So, therefore, now not only do you know the regulation, do you go to the preamble, do you get to harder regulations? And now with the letters of interpretation, you're actually able to understand uh, that this is why we've believed this and they'll break down the actual standard in that specific case. So it's a case study. So it's really good to look for those things. I honestly believe that uh, there's some things with the letters of interpretation that I never would have guessed. Uh, try record keeping in OSHA. It's re- ridiculous some of the things that you'll see in those letters of interpretation uh, that becomes a recordable event. Uh, let me see. I'll give you one example. Here's one that is truly a recordable event. A lady was knitting in the break room, lacerates herself, and Osha determines that it is a recordable event because she was there as a condition of her employment. Even though the knitting wasn't anything in the interest of the employer, she was there as a condition of employment. It becomes a recordable event. I would never even guess that scenario from happening, but there was a letter someone wrote and said, man, you would not believe. And they're not going to say it in that vernacular, but they write to OSHA, this is my ridiculousness. You tell me what you believe. So that is the letter of interpretation. So now you got the five tips to up your present, your regulation game. And here's a bonus tip. See, look at that, it's a little up. If you're uh, from Louisiana, you've ever, always heard up probably, uh, but what that means is a, like a little Cajun phrase that says it's a little extra. So I'm gonna give you one tip extra. Find incorporations by reference. There may not always be a standard in your regulator's guidebook. However, they would have identified someplace or should have, let's say it that way, identified someplace else that you could go to and they'll incorporate it by reference, meaning our standard does not go in as much depth as these people or they'll just go ahead and say, follow this pamphlet if you want to comply with this rules or something similar to that. Uh, so now you actually have to go outside of your regulator's website and everything else. And you may actually need to purchase this other rider document that is going to be incorporated by reference because you break this document actual um, recommendation in this point, you're actually going to be breaking federal law at the same time because it's incorporated by reference in general industry in OSHA, 1910 section six and construction 1926 section six. Both of those will see your incorporation by reference and it's really detailed. So that's my, my lining up for you. A little bit of bonus and I'm gonna give you guys, um, just as an aside, you, you notice like throughout the whole episode, I was mentioning uh, all of the different countries you may be in. So currently, right now, uh, let's see. A large bulk of my audience, obviously, is in, in the US, but uh, followed secondly by Germany, then Canada, then Australia, Nigeria, Saudi Arabia, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Netherlands, Kenya, Kuwait, Philippines, Russian Federation, Sweden, Southern Senegal, Uganda, Vietnam, Spain, France, Great Britain, Germany, uh, excuse me, Georgia, the country of Georgia, Hungary. Ireland, Israel, India. So those are just uh, the representation of the audience. So that's why I want to make sure that I'm including all the audience there so that they can, you know, get some good, good information that's going to help them and let you guys know it is not just me talking about the U.S. in and, all and these time. Uh, those of you that are in uh, Namibia. And uh, thank you so much for listening. I believe I'm number eight right now on your chart. Senegal, I think I'm 23 on your chart. Thank you. Uh, Saudi Arabia, I am at 62 on your chart under the government section. So I appreciate you guys in the U.S. For overall for uh, my U.S government in the reach for the charitable chart on number 50 so i appreciate it and what i would ask is if you have not subscribed to the show please do that that would really help me if you did oops i hit the wrong button on that one i was actually supposed to hit my other button and you know what button that is yeah (laughs) Now I hit the right button. So if you have not subscribed to the show, please do. No matter where you are, it's okay. Hit the subscribe button. And also... Uh, if you could share this with a friend, that'd be awesome for me as well, because uh, obviously it's going to help the algorithms, but it's where I could help more people, so it's really good for me as well. I like that feeling when I get those letters coming in that someone says, oh, man, that you've really helped me. And uh, we've had a couple of brave souls that were uh, did an iTunes review. Thank you so much for those five-star reviews. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you have a moment, if if you can do a review, that'd be awesome. It really will help me. Uh, it helps actually uh, put some spotlight on the show. So then what'll happen is whatever service is that you're listening to me on would actually start promoting, you know, hey, this show's getting some traction. We, still, we think people could be helped and they'll start getting more listeners so to be able to help more people. So that's the way it goes in this. Thank you so much for all your support. Thank you, everybody, for being there for me. Go get them. This episode has been powered by Safety FM. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast or broadcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within the past hour are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast or broadcast may be reproduced, stored within a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast or broadcast, Sheldon Primus. Have you heard of Safety Consultant TV? Well, I'm going to tell you about it. The Safety Consultant TV is a subscription-based video and demand service that will help you learn the business of being a safety consultant at the convenience of your own home. This is where you have video lessons in a playlist format, and you will also be able to download material that is going to help you with your safety consulting business today. You could sign up for it at safetyconsultant.tv and watch it on your iPhone, your iPad, Apple TV, Android, Android TV, Roku, and Fire TV. So go right now to safetyconsultant.tv and sign up today.